Climb into the cockpit with pilot and Link Square's Chief Legal Officer, Tim Perilla, as he invites legal leaders aboard to share advice that will help you navigate even the most turbulent times of in-house counsel work. We'll cover a range of topics from data privacy to legal team structure to public company transactions and beyond. You don't want to miss this series. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. You're listening to Cockpit Council. All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cockpit Council. My name's Tim. I'm Chief Legal Officer at LinkSquares. And with me today, I've got Caroline McCarthy, who's uh, our one of our VPs of sales. Um, so, Caroline, I'll turn it over to you to do a quick intro. But before we get started, what's your pre-flight ritual? Oh, I had to think about this one. All right. So my pre-flight ritual, um, to be completely honest, I just like to fall asleep before the flight flight even takes off. So I get everything ready. I put my book to the side, headphones, and then I try to fall asleep before the flight takes off. And I usually can sleep through the whole flight. So it's just falling asleep. Simple. That's awesome. That's the best kind of passenger. <laughs> Easy. Uh, so yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about your uh, your career path. What brought you to Link Squares? What got you into sales as well? Because you didn't start in sales, right? Yeah. I, um, I started on the bond trading floor. Uh, leaving school, I just knew a few things about myself. I, I loved math. I like solving problems. Um, I really like understanding people and how dynamics of teams work. Uh, super competitive, often gets me in trouble sometimes. And I, I knew I was money motivated to the extent of, I want to have work for something that will allow me to live the life I want to live. Right. Um, through mentors and people that guided me that I went to bond trading in New York and I liked it for a few years. I learned from incredible people. I met a lot of great people, um, but I just wasn't curious about the bonds and what right. bonds were going into hedge funds. Uh, and that, that really bothered me. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of found an indirect path into startups. Um, okay. And a mentor told me and recommended that at such a young age, try a really small startup, right? right. High risk, but I don't have too much to worry about right now right. Um, and went into that. So. I went to a small startup, still not knowing what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I think I was a seventh employee and I kind of just did anything they told me to do All right. uh, and ran full speed. And during that, I learned how much I love sales and building teams. Yeah. Um, and so over those three years being there, I kind of built the team from three to 50 uh, okay. of sales and customer success. That kind of got me to understand love sales, love building teams with really great people. And during those few years, I actually was really fortunate enough to um, have Steve, who's a CRO at Link Squares, really mentor me. He was incredible to me. Every quarter would give me like probably an hour of time, invite yeah. me into Link Squares just to help me understand how to build a team. Sure. Um, and then that's what slowly got me over here. Okay. Um, and I feel really lucky to be here and I haven't looked back since. That's awesome. Well, that's super early if you're in the first 10 employees. What are, what are some of the differences that you've seen from um, what your role looks like at that point versus what it looks like today? Obviously, you know, you're, you're charged with growing a team here um, as well sort of within a, within a broader revenue organization. Yeah. But uh, if you could talk a little bit about the differences and some of the, some of the consistent challenges and maybe some of the things that are really, um, you know, make you miss the 10 person yeah. or maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, I think the 10 person is I, I love experimenting sometimes. Um, and at the 10 person, you can have an idea and just experiment for a day, uh, which maybe isn't always the best thing. But trying to understand new ideas and new strategies is extremely often. And that was really fun. Um, but now the con of that is 
revenue goals and consistency is really hard to find. Right. And you're really not sure what grade is, right? Like you're always trying to go up from there. Um, so at this stage, it's kind of like revenue goals are clear, clear goals ahead, things might change, uh, but the strategy is more clear. And it's more about developing people and talent to continue kind of like leveling up as we go. What's your favorite part about sort of developing teams, building teams? You mentioned that uh, a couple of times that that's something you're really passionate about. What do you what do you like most about that? And and maybe what are some of the challenges that, uh, you know, for someone building a team for the first time uh, they might encounter? Yeah, I just love helping new account executives or just people in general get their like aha moment and breakthrough moments. I think yeah. that's just really exciting, especially on your, you're on a closing call and they're doing it for the first time and something like that. It's really exciting. Um, challenges as a first time manager is pu pushing people, right? Pushing people when they don't want to be pushed, um, even though you know it's going to help them be great in the long term. I think that's really hard. Um, and us as humans are people pleasers, right? So it's trying to understand that and understand that dyna dynamic. And I think it's a really good time for self-reflection. Yeah, absolutely. And and how, uh, as as you've grown from a team of three to a team of 50 yeah. uh, at the prior startup, like at what points did you feel like some friction? And, and where where I'm coming from from uh, with that question is really like I've, I've recognized in, in my career, like just in terms of the broader overall organization, I mean, legal teams tend to grow a lot more slowly than than your revenue, your your more revenue focused teams. But um, you know, going from fifty to like one hundred fifty, two hundred people is one set of problems. Two hundred fifty or three hundred to about five hundred is another big one, and then you hit another you know another different set of problems at nine hundred to a thousand, and so on. Um, what have you experienced as as your sales teams? revenue teams have grown. Yeah. So I only can speak for that first period. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to continue learning. And that's kind of part of why I came to Link Squares as yeah. well. Um, but I think it's figuring out the structure and expectations on revenue and then okay. keeping it consistent. Yeah. Um, and I think it's growing new norms and breaking out of old ha habits as well. Because um, you always have that small group of account executives or salespeople that have been here since day one, and then you have to add structure and they have to be okay with moving that structure um, and helping understand that growth and change is really good in a startup. And if you're not changing as a team, it's not a good sign. Right. Um, so I, th I think that's just getting people's mindset around it. Yeah, exactly. Getting people to be comfortable being uncomfortable a little bit yeah. seems, to be, uh, seems to be a consistent theme in startups that I've found. So yeah. at least the most successful people are really comfortable being uncomfortable. Trying new things, yeah. seeing what works. Exactly. So um, obviously being that early, building relationships across the organization is a big deal. Um, you know, would love to get your perspective on building how you've successfully built relationships, not only with legal, but other critical departments that you need to work with day in and day out. Yeah, I think it all stems with curiosity. Okay. Um, trying to understand everyone's role and what their missions are um, and how you can help them achieve their mission, which will ultimately help us all achieve Link Squares' mission. Um, and I think through that, I naturally am just curious of like people in general. Um, so what are their hobbies and understanding them as people outside of that actual role, I do think goes a long way. Um, so 
that, that's kind of what I try to balance with. with. Like every meeting, I don't need to talk about work the whole 30 exact minutes. Right. Uh, it's about like understanding them, their background, um, and then figuring out how we can achieve things together. Yeah, there's that. There's definitely that aspect of, of seeing your coworkers as actual human beings. That's a pretty helpful thing for building a relationship. Completely agree. I also think when I was young, like when I graduated college, I looked at my managers as not like real people right off the bat. Sure. Um, and that's what I slowly, every year I get older, I, I realize we're all just kind of humans doing our best right. here. <laughs> it's kind of like as you get older and, and I, you know, I don't have any kids, but uh, a bunch of my friends have kids. Yeah. And, um, you know, then I think about my parents and like the age yeah. my parents were, like my parents had four kids when they were like a lot younger than I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, they had no idea what they're doing, but like you, you don't really see your parents as humans. They're just like as parents yeah. until you get to a certain age. It's interesting from a management perspective too. That, that definitely hit me. I, for the most part, everyone's going through this for, you know, for the first time or at least making some changes, yeah. you know, for, for the first time, just trying to find their way through it. Trying to do their best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As, far as, as far as working with the legal team, um, what have you found to be successful and, and what as a sales leader are you looking for from the legal function? Um, what does a successful relationship look like to you? Yeah, I think the first thing is just over communication. Um, okay. I think that's one thing I've been really impressed with at Link Squares, like the legal team here. Uh, I don't work as closely with you, but Brittany and um, Tim, uh, Brittany and Jonathan are just over communicative and always talking about where they're coming from. Um, I think the things that the other thing I think about is empathy. Um, the sales team understanding what legal's working through, the legal team working understanding what sales is working through. Um, those are two big things. And then the idea of like one team, one dream mentality, yeah. right? Like our Goals are inherently a little bit against each other, but the end goal is to make Link Square as successful as a company. Um, yeah. So that's how I kind of think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the things that I tell Jonathan and Brittany all the time is that the salespeople that you're working with are more likely to actually win you a legal point than you are as a lawyer. Because right. <laughs> yeah. a lot of times, I, I mean, you, you look at our uh, our account executives and and there are certain things that, you know, it, quite frankly, are business decisions, but they're legal points. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you look at things like termination for convenience is something that we just we don't. we don't we don't do. And it's just not part of the deal. Um, and so I've had countless calls with with attorneys that are like, well, why, you know, why can't you do termination for convenience? I'm like, I mean, we could, but we just choose not to. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, there's no like academically right or wrong. It just is what it is, yeah. right? So uh, I, I always encourage them to, to leverage the AEs who really have that relationship mm -hmm. um, to, to help drive home some of the legal points. Yeah. It's uh. It, it is an interesting environment at Link Squares, though, I think being a legal tech company, um, but would be interested in, you know, in, in understanding sort of how you think that may change some of the dynamic or um, how, how that compares to other legal teams you've worked with. Yeah, I think what's interesting here is just that the legal team here is almost like the pro of the pros and how I think about things because you use Link Squares every day. Um, and it, we always, and almost every sales call I think about is like, yeah, our legal team loves Link Squares because of X, Y, and Z. Right. Or our legal team was able to solve 
a hiring problem because they saw the turnaround time was getting slower. Um, and so I think it's just that added ability. And it also adds to the partnership because you're also allowing, helping us learn about Link Squares and how it really helps you in some aspect. I think like the open question and answers is something I was impressed when I got here of just like, we have an hour a month where you're just teaching us about legal um, interactions, why you think Link Squares is such an asset, um, and also clauses and specific things. So I think it just like strengthens a partnership in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, I mean, uh, for, for me, it's always been something that that has been critical for my career growth is, has been building relationships with revenue, with, you know, with marketing, particularly like my, you know, most of my prior experience has been in the B2C space. And so it was less uh, dealing with sales, like salespeople and more marketing people, but no less, you're still, you know, you're still working with, with people on major deals and, you know, branding deals and licensing and things like that. And, um, you know, even my, my first, my first job out of law school, uh, one of the VPs of sales, uh, of that organization kind of took me under his wing and was like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to help you think about how we think about these things, which yeah. was really, really helpful. Um, and so it's, it's absolutely something that, that I've tried to instill in Jonathan and Brittany and, and. You know, I actually make it a part of their success, right? We have uh, we have the fortunate ability to look at our dashboards and finalize and quantify the work that we're doing. And then I have different things that I do to make sure that the quality of work that Brittany and Jonathan are putting out from a legal perspective is where I want it to be. But from an anecdotal perspective, being able to speak with the leadership of their their biggest customers, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And like, say, are they good people? Like, yeah. do you think they really care about you? Do like, do you think that they're passionate about providing the service to you? Something that, um, it's something that I, that I put into their day in and day out responsibilities just to make sure they're only as successful as those relationships are. Yeah. And it, and it totally shows. I think even I was thinking about like end of quarter, it gets stressful. Uh, it's fun. It's probably the most fun time of the year, but it's also stressful. And um, Jonathan and Brittany are just like in it with us. Like it's just all of us uh, hustling until the end and then also celebrating together, even yeah. like the end of quarter party. Uh, it, it's it's really enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. And so you've also, uh, I mean, you've been in some pretty traditionally male dominated uh, environments. Um, I mean, bond trading, I imagine is probably heavily skewed male. Um, sales is heavily skewed male. Uh, talk a little bit about your experience uh, being a woman in, in, in these male dominated uh, areas. Yeah, I, I tend to think like there's pros and cons to everything in life. Okay. Uh, there's always a pro to a con and trying to figure that out. But how I view it is in general, I don't, I think gender is just one thing. It related in everything. Um, and when I think about being successful anywhere, it's not the first thing I think about. Um, it's about understanding the people around you and do my values align with the people around me? Um, do Are we all working towards the same mission and how can we align on that? With that said, um, there's definitely pros to being a woman in sales or a male dominated industry. I've tended to find like the woman groups are even stronger 
because there's less of us, we all support each other more. Yeah. Um, and all the women on the floor, I'm very close with because we're outnumbered in that aspect. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of events in that aspect. Like we just had the Women Networking's Night that Link Squared sponsored, and we got to know incredible sales leaders all across Boston. Um, and then we have a lot of other events. Um, Women in Sales Everywhere is a WISE. It's a partnership where they have events to support us. Um, the other thing I think is in sales and in um, bond trading and anything that I've gone, it's something I've been adamant about is there's no shy or lack of stats that women get paid less on average. Um, so, but when you think about sales, it's actually more tangible. If you bring in more revenue, you're going to get paid more and you have to yeah. be very clear and it's not very, um, what's the right word? Uh, it's not perfect. But that's something I've always thought about as well. And that's something that's driven me actually towards sales in some aspect. Um, some cons that you can't deny is like, no matter how great guys are, sometimes you feel like there's a little of a boys club. Sometimes they do things that you just aren't invited to because of that. And it's not even like they're meaning to, but it happens everywhere you go. Um, I think the other con is just role models. Like I've only worked for men um, and that's okay because of men I've worked for are incredible. But that does create a feeling of kind of like, can I be that person? Yeah. Um, and that's something that you just kind of, for me, it's like trying to find mentors or people outside or in different um, levels that would help you in that aspect. So all in all, I think day to day, it's finding the right people that support you in values and that you want to work side by side with. Right. Um, and that's part of what drew me to Link Squares. But those are just kind of like the pros and cons of how I think about it. How, so as a manager, how do you deal differently with the men on your team versus the women on your team? Yeah, I don't. I think it's about understanding every individual. Yeah. Um, there's stereotypes and there's things I've seen more true that men struggle with versus women and vice versa. Um, but I start with it of just like everyone's the same and understanding sure. like, What's their triggers? What is their inner voice saying? What are their goals? How can I get them around the roadblockers? And how can I help them achieve their long-term goals? Um, so I, yeah, I really don't. Do you? No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, we're we're a little bit of a different breed. Like uh, managing lawyers is a little bit strange. We tend to yeah. we tend to um, have a very very direct way of communicating with each other. Yeah. And it's it's a little bit less, um, I think that if a lot of non-lawyers spent enough time sort of behind closed doors with lawyers, just like fly yeah. on the wall, yeah. listening to how we talk to each other, yeah. um, it would be pretty eye-opening and probably be like, like, you guys are really kind of confrontational with each <laughs> other. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that's, that's what we do. You know, we're, we're all trained to, to be confrontational when we need to be. And it's not something that is anything other than just a different way of communicating, yeah. uh, for us. There's rarely, is there something that's personal about the confrontation? Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's, it's just, we're all lawyers and we're dealing with it. And same thing with, you know, with, with different support staff. Um, you know, non-lawyer, like paralegals and and, um, uh, and others, but people who are used to that environment and used to used to that conflict yeah. and that way of, of addressing conflict is, um, 
you know, it, it kind of is, like I said, it kind of skews the way that I think about it. Um, here at Link Squares has been interesting, um, you know, being able to oversee a couple of different roles be, uh, beyond the legal function. Um, I will say that I deal with my non-lawyer uh, direct reports in a very different way than I do that I do the lawyers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, I, Jonathan, our VP of legal, it's just like, he'll come to me with a problem. Like Jonathan, don't come to me with problems, come to me with answers and just go fix it, please. Yeah. And if you can't fix it, let's talk about that later, but please just go fix it. Yeah, yeah. And like, literally it will be that conversation say, okay, <laughs> and go, you know, go do whatever. And, and if we need to work through things, we do. But, you know, it's a little bit of a different tenor when Rob, who's our head of IT, uh, Rob comes and says, hey, I have a problem. I, I'm usually, even though, even though I probably could be, I'm rarely that direct with yeah. him, right? It's a little bit. Just how different people were trained in some aspect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but you know, it's 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 a constant learning environment for sure. So, um, as far so, a lot of the folks who are who are listening in, watching today, um, lawyers, yeah. Um, what communication style does not work for you? Um, how how have if you think about like what's what an unsuccessful relationship or what a strained relationship would look like and how communication sort of rolls into that. Um, you know, what sort of tips, tricks, things to keep the top of mind that you, you can give to us as lawyers and, and communicating with you and with salespeople generally more effectively? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think this probably goes for any relationship and talking to people, uh, but condescending or try making things complicated and hard to understand. Um, I think that just causes friction, right? Like we should all be trying to talk to each other as if we're talking to someone that's never uh, like it, is your grandmother, people say, right? Um, so I think it's like the condescending or um, when I think we start to show frustration, it's about getting on a call or talking in person. Um, those are two things. And I actually think Jonathan is great at this. Like, as soon as we have a disagreement, it's like, oh, let's go find each other. And then let's talk in person right away. Yeah. Um, and it, I really, really appreciate it. So I think in terms of things that don't work for me, it's just condescending or um, making things more complicated than they are, which I've found usually that happens when people don't really understand what's happening. Yeah. Um, those are the two things I think about. Yeah, that was going to be my question is when when you find that people are uh, that attorneys are overcomplicating things. Uh, yeah, that's been my experience, too. Yeah. It's usually lawyers trying to trying to figure out what on earth is going on or or they have a different understanding of what, of what different definitions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting an interesting dynamic, though. Yeah. What about you on the sales side? Um, that's a really good question. I, you know, I, I think a lot of it is kind of the same. Like, I'll be the first person to admit that I don't fully understand what you do, and I'm absolutely not capable of doing what you what you do, right? Like, I could not, and and especially the people on your team, I could not be on the phones. I could not be sending those cold emails. I could not be like, it's it's interesting because during those open question sessions, that all of these account executives are asking questions. I'm like, 
to be perfectly honest with you, most of you probably have better answers to this question than I do, right? Like, oh, you know, so-and-so potential customer, talk to me about this. Like, how can I keep them on the phone? How can I try to like dissect their world a little bit and understand how, how our product can really address their problems? I'm like, I don't know, go ask Lyle. <laughs> like, that's probably the best, but, um, but really for, you know, for me is, and especially as deals get more and more complicated, like we did, you know, I, I think back to my DraftKings days and a lot of the more complicated commercial deals that we did is really, really understanding like what, what you need to get out of the deal and what's essential for success, right? What does a successful relationship look like? Like, let's forget about the contract for a minute. What does a successful relationship look like? And what are some of the threats that um, that could compromise the performance of, of the relationship, right? Um, and so really taking the time to understand that um, and and having leadership whether whether it's sales or business development or whomever, to to explain that perspective to the attorneys is is something that I found to be hugely helpful. You know, because from a legal perspective, like you can read a contract and you can review certain things, but realistically, like the value that you add being in house is is understanding that knowledge, and you've got to learn it somewhere. Yeah. So. Um, we also talk a lot on on uh, on a lot of these webinars about building your personal brand and what do you want to be known for. So I'm going to turn that over to you and love to love to understand how you think about your personal brand, how you build your personal brand within the organization, and uh, and you know at at the end of your career at Link Squares or at the end of your career wherever you end up, um, you know when it when it's time for you to retire. Um, what do you want to be known for? Yeah, it's a really good question. Definitely thought about it. I, I think I want to be known for always delivering and then building up people around me. Um, I think something early on in my career I, I realized is like there's so many people that talk or complain or do things, and it's like, how do I help move this for company forward? Um, and how do I do it in a thoughtful way and while working with others? Um, so I think always delivering and then helping build people around me. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, the, the ability to, the ability to follow through and, and have that sort of do what you say, you know, do what you say built into everything about, about you is, is just going to breed success no matter what you're doing, no matter what, you know, whether you're, whether you're in construction, whether you're in, in sales, whether you're in legal, uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, so maybe we'll uh, we'll ask Alyssa here if we have any any questions from the audience. We do. All right. So our first one is how to refresh a strained relationship between legal and sales. Any tips for managing expectations? And I think we can both I think both of you can speak to that. Sure. Want to go first? Go ahead. Okay. Um, something that I found is really helpful is having like a week uh, monthly cadence or quarterly cadence to talk through and vent together as a team. Uh, sales and legal, right? Um, and I think we do do this at Link Squares, but it's going through the quarter and saying, oh, this happened. How did we solve this? And how are we not going to do it in the future? Um, so I found that really helpful. Uh, but then it's also building the relationship and strength of the relationship so that when the problems happen, we can just 
talk about it, fix it, and laugh about it in some aspect. Right. Hopefully it's nothing serious because or else you're not laughing about it. Right. Um, but just continuing to invest in building and understanding each other in that aspect. Yeah, I've found that um, oftentimes conflict will arise and, and relationships will be strained when you're working on a particular thing or you're working on a set of things and there have been problems that have kind of snowballed yeah. um, and frustrations just kind of boil over. I think you're right, like being able to take a step back and, and get out of those projects and, and talk a little bit more about, about you know, why, why you had that friction in the first place is, is the right place to start. Um, I will say that, you know, there's definitely the possibility that um, some people just don't like each other like sometimes that that is that is what it is and um i mean fortunately i haven't found that at link squares but um you know when when you when you have people that are difficult to work with it stops being about building a relationship and more about aligning around a, a common goal yeah. right like there and this has actually been with uh, i i think about experiences more so with um, more so with other attorneys I've worked with, uh, usually outside attorneys that I've worked with who I understand bring something very valuable to the table. I've used them for, for that value, but they've been really challenging to work with and generally people that I just don't like. Yeah. Um, but we've had uh, some of those people have produced some of the greatest outcomes that, that I've had in, in my career because we've being able to figure out a way just like, all right, we're around the goal. We don't like each other. We don't need to be nice to each other. That's okay. But we do need to be able to figure out how to communicate, remain goal oriented and drive, drive things through. And it's been, um, uh, that's, that's sort of a worst case scenario. I think if you have a relation relationship like that in house, uh, you know, I, as like, if I knew that you and Jonathan were re really struggling and just like hated each other, I would probably, if I knew about that, I would probably have Jonathan not work with you yeah. anymore. Yeah. I would probably put somebody else on it if I, you know, if I have the luxury of having more than one attorney, yeah. right? Uh, that's a great question though, yeah. great question. What else, uh, what else do we got, Alyssa? Um, so you guys talked about the end of quarter celebration yeah. and how it comes after like a really fun and intense time. Do you see value in having Yeah, a hundred percent participate, um, and I think the whole legal team was at Scholars when we went uh, celebrated end yeah. of quarter. Um, so, it, it it's a one team one dream mentality is when I think about it. Um, but it does feel like that that's something I really appreciate too is your team's in office with us most of the time, um, and we're all together a lot. Um, so I do see it as one team one dream, and we have big goals as a unit, and celebrating together is huge as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. I, as the legal function, we love to be invited to celebrations for <laughs> deals that for for major deals that are done, major quarterly accomplishments, etc. Like, I I remember I was I was thrilled to be invited to the uh, the MLB All Star Game in 2015, which was just like a month or two after we had closed a huge five year deal with Major League Baseball, and there were you know there were obviously the 
DraftKings founders were there and CFO and, um, you know, and, and the head of business development yeah. helped kind of negotiate that deal. Uh, and, you know, to, to have, to get that invite from Major League Baseball, say, why don't you come out to the All-Star game and, you know, come to our, you know, they have like a big suite and everything. It was, it was like really cool to be a part of that relationship. Um, and a lot of, like, a lot of times it's just not common. Mm-hmm. Lawyers are like, oh, cool, I got the contract done. And then people like yeah. go on and go on and enjoy it, you know? And so it was really, uh, that's, that's something that's really, really special for the legal team. Like we take, we take those invites to heart and it makes us feel like we're part of the team and it really helps develop that relationship. So. Um, all right, last one. Uh, any surprising similarities that you've noticed between sales and legal, either like an exe- executive or you know an individual contributor, whatever, but people on those teams, like surprising ways that you found you're more similar than different? Or... We're all competitive, I think. Yeah. That's that's the first thing that came to mind. Intensely competitive people. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone just cares. I mean, it's not surprising in some aspect, uh, but everyone cares about what they're doing and wants to be successful. Uh, But then there's hobbies and stuff like that that always come up, and that's a great way to align. Yeah, absolutely. The um, competitiveness, and I think also being really goal oriented. Um, you know, there are definitely some other, some other organizations that maybe aren't as, um, directly tied to, uh, to certain metrics that would indicate success. Um, and you know, legal tends to be, tends to be pretty metric driven in that regard, like getting the deals done and to the extent that you're dealing with, you know, any, any financings or any litigation, like getting, getting things across the finish line in a successful way is really something that that I think we we align along well right. turnaround time yeah exactly exactly um, any last minute thoughts no thank you for having yeah. me <laughs> thank you so much this has been awesome and and it's awesome working with you too is uh, it's it's just been just been a ton of fun getting to know you over the past couple of months since you've been here so um, welcome to the team thank you awesome. thanks for having me. thanks